Welcome to Our Lives with Shannon Fisher, where we discuss everything that brings us life. Come join the fun, we're talking about our lives. Hello everyone, welcome to Our Lives with Shannon Fisher. We've got a uh, repeat guest today, someone who is, uh, is, is no stranger to the show. Her name is Jill Brooke and she is the president of Flower Power. Jill, welcome. Well, thank you so much. Our website is Flower Power Daily. We are the first daily floral news site that looks at how flowers intersect in pop culture and in news stories and also brings cheer and positivity to the world. So we, we're really all about happy news through the prism of flowers. And, you know, it's interesting because right now nurseries and stores are having record sales because people crave good cheer. And so they are decorating their homes as we, you know, are homebound this winter season um, with lights, with flowers, with greenery. And, you know, there's some really interesting trends that we're finding. Um, one of them is coral is the new red. It's interesting. People show saying this has been such an upside down year. In fact, there was this one artist that we showcased on Flower Power Daily who took a Christmas tree and actually flipped it right in front of his, you know, in, in, in front of the house yeah. and then put the presents on top because, and said, um, you know, it's Gillian girls out of Canada. And they said, you know, this is such an upside down year that this is how we're all feeling, but we still can find beauty. And I think that that's what flowers have always been in sure. the fact that, you know, you can, you can stop. There's a saying that I always say at Flower Power Daily, which is that even when flowers are stomped and trampled on, they grow, trusting their inner beauty and resilience. And that's what flowers have been always. They have been great metaphors to teach lessons about life in, you know, because what else simultaneously can comfort and then you use it to con congratulate and celebrate. I mean, there's such richness and diversity with flowers. Absolutely, and just and, and such beauty. I mean, they they just they, they bring happiness. So so this is really kind of the first of its kind. What inspires you to continue doing this? Well, actually, in 2016, what I realized was all the negativity. And you know, I'm a former CNN and CBS reporter, and nothing could get on the airways because, you know, um, Trump was literally taking all the oxygen and it was all about polarization and that right. coverage. And I thought, what can root people together? Well, we all share the same roots and um, we can agree to disagree, but what can we create and talk about that will, you know, show what we have more in common? And I realized that flowers, which I have always loved and studied because I'm an art history major as well, um, you know, was that entity. And I started really researching flowers in a completely different way and realizing how the motifs were connected to every, every place in history. And not only that, everybody is happy and there's actual science behind why flowers make you happy. And one of them, um, you know, aside, like, for instance, lavender has the components of what Valium does without the side effects. So, a, you know, a Japanese scientist actually looked at that piece 
and there was something else also about the mere act of giving a flower not only helps the receiver but the giver so it's all this recycling of good energy that's attached to flowers in every single way um and also the science of it there's an oxford professor who studies quantum physics that said flowers miraculously are the only entity that knew how to survive by attract by being so beautiful but yet being able to protect itself so that it would have longevity. I mean, even in dinosaurs, all right, we find that there were floral, um, you know, there were flowers even back then. So it has really been an entity that is designed to give us pleasure and inspiration. And here's a fun story, too, about Georgie O'Keeffe, the famous artist who did the huge, huge floral um, paintings. Yeah. Are you familiar with them, Shannon? I am, yes. All right. Well, what's interesting is that just remember the dates, the 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. But the, the fact is, is that she did these huge, huge painting of flowers, and she still remains the top three selling female artists of all time. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, there were only male art critics at the period that she started give, you know, creating these paintings. Right. And um, and they all thought, look at that. It's a vulva. It's sensual. It's sexual. And she was actually really dismayed by that because that was not her intention. When you look at Georgia O'Keefe, you sort of get that sense anyway. And she tried to say, even though it was not heard, that the reason she created and like these huge pictures of a flower is that she said, I wanted people to stop and just see the beauty of a flower. Because if you just have flowers in your toolbox as a, and you look at them, it will immediately calm you. And it actually also stimulates your brain in uh, marveling at the beauty. Yeah. So there were no female art critics back in her day who took her for her word. So only at the last few years of her life, she wanted that to be heard again, that flowers are here to calm and soothe and inspire. And every day what we do at Flower Power Daily is just find whatever is going on in the news. Like here's an example. Today we have a wonderful video and story on Beethoven. It's Beethoven's 250th birthday. And what people may not know is that Beethoven, the great composer, struggled with going deaf. And as he said, when I roam around with the trees and flowers, it is the only time when my hearing doesn't bother me. And it turns out that he was determined to be resilient, which is also what flowers teach you. And then um, he created in the last 10 years, when he was almost virtually deaf, some of the best works that we remember now, not only sonatas and operas, but even the Ninth Symphony. So, and... You know, even after World War One, um, there's, you know, this wonderful book called The Well-Tended Garden that explored how um, trees and flowers were used to help people heal from the scars of war. Because when you see the giant tree in um, a forest or you see flowers in a garden, you just realize the c continuation of life and that whatever your destiny is and what you're forced to accept because nobody gets everything. You need to have something you can access that gives you strength, that roots you into the cycle of life. 
and that is flowers, and it is the trees. Most definitely. I mean, it's it's a, an absolute connection to nature. Now, tell me about what flowers correlate with the holidays and the significance behind them. Well, we have the poinsettias, and the poinsettias, of course, came from Mexico. Um, the U.S. ambassador's name was John Poinsett. And um, for whatever reason, you know, they're looking for red. And, you know, red also just, um, you know, signifies the blood of Christ as well. Though, um, you know, that's not obviously the, you know, only message of a poinsettia. It, they just last a long time. I mean, you know, and they just got attached to being the um, flower of, um, you know, Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, do you have any poinsettias? Because they're, they're having, unfortunately, they're dealing with some fake news and um, false rumors because there's a terrible, um, a lot of poinsettia sales were about to, um, you know, decrease because they thought that it was going to affect pets and children. Mm-hmm. But a uh, University of Ohio um, study said they'd have to eat 500 leaves to get poisoned i mean and what dog and what kid is going to do that you know right so so they're really safe to have in your house they last a few years and what's interesting is as i was saying early or is that coral is the new red so they've now also um produced a coral color as well because red is a very very intense color Mm. and some people just want more softness and so now they come not only in the ivory, but they come in the peach and they come even in the lavender. And you can get them at your, you know, stop and shop or at Home Depot or whatever's close by and yeah. fill your house in them. Because unlike flowers, they last a lot longer than four days. It'll, you know, they can last a few months. But here's a trick that you have to realize is that because they initially came from Mexico, mm-hmm. they're a tropical plant, even though that they're attached to Christmas and cold. And so they can't be in any place drafty. So even when you get it, like you put it in your car, take it immediately home to where it's heated, because it's just even a short little um, stay in a car, mm. you know, can have adverse effects in them lasting months. Interesting, interesting. So what, what other flowers do we see around this? Well, we obviously see a lot of greenery, like evergreen and things like that. And I have to tell you that... Um, we need to bring the outside in because there's an energy that something alive brings. Now, millennials love the plants. They love the spider plants. They like the jade plant. And, you know, in smaller spaces, it always makes people feel good because people want low maintenance. But um, there are flowers, as I said, like the poinsettia and the orchid that you can, um, you know, because it lasts months, which, you know, is appealing. But, you know, if you think about it, flowers are nature's way of tricking insects into helping plants have sex, right? <laughs> right. And as a side effect, I mean, humans have um, something to make their gardens look prettier. I mean, they don't really care about humans. They're here just to, you know, be beautiful. And, um, you know, their beauty is, is such a force field that it prevents them from being attacked. They're actually, you know, they just mate and have fun and mix. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I I think that when you look at your house right now and where to drape greenery, in a kitchen, for instance, you can make an arc on the ceiling and put a hook in and then just put a few hooks in and then you literally walk in and your house is a garden. And what I do, um, I also mix faux flowers with real flowers because it extends it. Now, 
you know, I, I, we showcase the great artists, the great floral artists who use, um, you know, branches and blooms instead of paints to create magnificent flower arrangements that, you know, are seen in hotels and at weddings and various other places. But for, you know, the consumer, like, um, who wants to just have lots of flowers in the house, I do a lot of videos showing how you can find fabulous faux flowers. We, it's called Flowers Faux Real. And this way you can take any bouquet you buy and then how do you extend it? And, you know, because you don't want to just look at one place. Once you see the kitchen table or dining room table, the flowers, you want to have flowers everywhere your eye looks because it will immediately make you happy. And the way you can do that is that you can mix with the faux. But let me stress this, that in all the studies about flowers that we've researched at Flower Power Daily, mm-hmm. The eye will always look, and once they identify that there is one real flower, they will accept that the others around it could be real too. Because when you see the faux flowers and it's just faux flowers, it doesn't leave you with the same feeling. Mm -hmm. And that is why, because it registers that it's not real. I mean, even bees, all right, can distinguish between a real flower and a faux flower because there's that live energy that's like deep in the seed. And, you know, there is a spirituality to it because there is some hope that from that seed, look what springs forth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the planting of seed and various other sayings that we say all the time are really based on a really powerful wisdom. And I call it goddess wisdom. And you, and different flowers will mean different things. You get different feelings from them. I mean, even the color of roses, for instance, like roses are always something wonderful, but, you know, they only last a short period, but there's so many different kinds. And, you know, why not get flower literate and learn about the different kinds and what the colors mean? Because I think that people are right now, you know, so, you know, we have to be very careful that we're not fear-based and we're love-based. And when you give, a flower to somebody and you know that's not expensive it's just Mm -hmm. an act of kindness and as we say at flower power daily no act of kindness is ever wasted so if you give a flower you know like a yellow rose means that a friend we're thinking of you obviously everybody knows that red roses are all about um you know love and passion um you know and you know white is for you know purity of thought um, so there are different flowers that you can give in different colors that have, you know, different meanings that can also elevate the experience of giving. Because when people know when you write in the card that you were that thoughtful, it resonates. And that really is our legacy. How thoughtful were you? How did you make people's lives better? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so uh, it, it, if somebody's, let's say, bringing a bouquet of flowers to a dinner party, which hasn't happened very often in 2020, but for future reference, if someone is, is bringing flowers to a gathering, what is, is the most uh, appropriate and or inspiring to bring? Well, I think that if you just make the extra effort about what is meaningful to that person, like for instance, okay, if the person is a great athlete, you bring the gladiolus because gladiolus was like, you know, known as the gladiator. And, you know, it's, um, you know, back in the day, you know, the athletes would put a crown of gladiolus around their head. And, you know, because you're sporty or the highest sensor, you know, 
you can just always look at Flower Power Daily and everything has a meaning. And it's really just that thoughtfulness. And I think that you look at the colors of your friend's house. See, the problem with Christmas, I find, and that includes even in my house, that red and white, it's not colorful. And, um, you know, it is for that period of time. And let's say their kitchen or dining room doesn't have a lot of red in it. Red is a color that can clash. But that's where I think um, we've said how red, how coral is the new red because it's a softer tone and it can be right. integrated into anybody's style. Yeah. Um, and you're always safe with white with lots of greenery and eucalyptus. And, you know, there's such wonderful greenery that you can use just looking around. Um, the other thing that, you know, people just really like are the vases also that they keep. So you have to assume that if you're bringing a plant, um, that it's going to last longer, whether it's the point center or the orchid or, you know, anything in the um, astromedia or the um, carnation family, that is going to last a long time. So one of the things you can do, and you can do it as a project also, is you just take, you know, in any crafter, you can just take a um, styrofoam ball and just put carnations in it, and then you just put a little water. Um, and, you know, you can create a sculpture. But... Mm. Think of, think of your vase because your vase will be remembered after the flowers are no longer there. And there are just so many to put in. And when you are visiting somebody um, or you're just sending them a gift, um, you know, let's say there's a milestone that, you know, your dad is in a nursing home and you can't visit or there is somebody's birthday that can't be celebrated or an anniversary or an or, you know, just something like, here, let me cheer you up. We started something called a delazy. And what that means is an acknowledgement of disappointment with the hope of um, something better in the future. Hmm. And those are flowers that are designed um, to just acknowledge that we're all suffering right now. We're all experiencing losses of some kind. And it's just an acknowledgement like, you know, I know that you're having a disappointment and um, I'm thinking of you. And I think that for so many right now, loneliness, um, you know, being cooped up, um, worrying about the future, you know, is so much occupying our brain space. Yeah. So I think that that's why people tune in every day to, you know, Flower Power Daily on our Instagram and, you know, for just a burst of positivity and happiness and you learn a fun fact every day. I mean, I just thought it was interesting about, you know, Beethoven today. And then, you know, last week we had, you know, this other story as well about, you know, um, you know, how flowers are used, um, you know, to comfort and, you know, what about the lily and, um, you know, even the carnations, um, you know, we did also a really cool thing on Hanukkah as well, um, you know, for, you know, whatever people are celebrating, Mm-hmm. And um, there's another story which I thought that you would like, and that was is um, a piece on botanical art. Now oh. it turns out that woman empowered in botanical art. In back in the day, you've heard of Kew Gardens in England. It mm-hmm. was a um, it was thankfully founded by a woman, and it was the only place that women who were interested in art or science and you know doing something could, you know, congregate without social pressure. 
And it turned out that um, a rare album of 18th century drawings by this woman named Lady Maria Compton proved, all right, how women were really a large part of um, botanical art during the 18th century, which was the golden age for that. And it turns out that, you know, some of the best um, male botanical artists, such as, you know, Pierre Joseph Rudote and, you know, George Eret, um, that a lot of these women were actually doing some of the drawings that, of course, the men got credited for, and they wouldn't put their name to it because it was considered socially unacceptable. They were allowed to paint and, you know, go on these expeditions. Um, and also it was a really essential um, pursuit um, because at that time they were looking for um, medicinal properties of plants and flowers. And so it was imperative that they be drawn absolutely perfectly so that everybody could then identify what it is mm-hmm. and experiment with it for medicine because that's where the medicines came from back then. And by the way, they still do t- now, but it's more about, um, you know, they do composites of it and they can do the synthetics. But I just think that that's so interesting. So every day we come up with something else um, depending on the date, like, um, you know, we're doing, a, a, you know, a lovely piece, you know, we do uh, of art, which is really cool. And we do food every Sunday as well, um, which is called Flower Foodie Sunday, mm-hmm. because, you know, 80%, 70% of our food comes from flowers. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something else, because I know that, you know, you like these things about, um, right now, the hardest part, at least for me, I don't know about for you, Shannon, is it, how do you be patient? How do you be patient when, you know, we're just waiting and waiting for this to be over, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, patience, I think, is the comic acceptance that things can happen in a different order than the one you have in your mind. So, you know, um, you know, there's certain flowers that just teach you, like, you know, even when you saw Queen of the Night that was in um, Crazy Rich um, Asians or, you know, the Kermiji plant, and, you know, it only blooms every 12 years. And then you have this giant Himalayan lily, and it only blooms this 10-foot plant every seven years. And everybody knows a foxglove, and it grows every other year. So mm-hmm. I think that we have to look to nature and to realize that everybody, like flowers bloom when they're ready. They're never in a rush. And we just have to look at them whenever we want. We're getting anxious about that things aren't happening quickly enough. Just even look at a picture of these flowers and just remember that they're here to remind us that, you know, the same reason that Ben Franklin said patience is a virtue is because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It is not easy to be patient in this troubling time. But you just have to have faith and then realize that if you have a positive attitude, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we all want to, you know, um, you know, stay positive and test negative, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's like an inspirational uh, phrase on a poster, but much more attractive. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, you know, there have been studies that like, for instance, um, you know, floral motifs are coming back into core. The one thing that people want to do right now is, um, you know, be, create, make their environment more pleasing since we're spending so much more time in it. And trust me, anytime you have, you know, bright yellow sunflowers or you have any type of, 
you know, a pink or purple um, motif of, you know, pretty flowers. It really does change your psychology. Um, you know, we did a whole piece on prosperity and like, you know, make sure that it's at the right of your desk, whatever flowers that you have. And, you know, just be mindful. Because if you were mindful about the messaging in flowers, aside from its beauty, then it will elevate everything in your life. It just does. Well, definitely. And that's and what I mean, we do at Flower Power Daily. Yeah, I think we underestimate the power our environment has over us. And so if we're in a home that doesn't, um, that doesn't provide some sort of positive uh, uh, emotion, then we need to change that. And, you know, for everyone who's listening right now, you know, Again, no act of kindness is ever wasted. And if you put that little extra effort in um, and you tell everybody around the table, especially if you have a sulking teenager or a little kid, that all the flowers that you put in that vase have a story to tell. And just even just because it seems so neutral, so no matter who's at your table, they can answer that. What, you know, what's your favorite flower? What flower speaks to you? You would be really surprised because everybody will have an answer because, you know, it, it's human nature to be attracted to flowers. I mean, it, 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 no matter what socioeconomic zip code you're in, no matter where you live around the globe, everybody responds to flowers. And I just wanted just to say one thing because they did a test and it's called the um, Duchenne Smile. And they were thinking that it was um, neutral, that flowers were neutral. So, you know, they showed a picture of a snake and then like some good food. And then they thought the flowers would neutralize, you know, the participants in this test. And what they found out is everybody started smiling the same way when they saw a flower. There's nothing neutral about it. So if you're around the table, you know, or just say, um, here's an idea that I would do for New Year's. And we're writing about this, so I can just tell you what it is. Um, that giving you the scoop even before it's being written. Um, so at Flower Power Daily, what we are doing is we are looking at um, everybody um, around the table and said, if you can go anywhere in 2021, where would it be? And whether it's Italy, whether it's, um, you know, Chinatown, China, where, you know, or France or just in your fantasy life, where would you like to go? And then you create a dinner theme around that. And you just look at look at the flowers that are attached to certain regions. And then you put that in, and then it becomes a conversation piece. So the idea is, is everybody puts together flowers in a vase and, you know, then has a dinner. But if you just dig a little deeper, dig being, you know, the pun intended, mm-hmm. and put that little extra effort, it becomes a beautiful experience and a memorable experience. And that's what flowers give to us. And, um, you know, and even when you look right now, I mean, you know, we have uh, the first female vice president right now Mm -hmm. that's, you know, going to be um, in office as of January 20th. Well, did you know that she's named after a flower? Her mother um, felt named her after the the lotus flower because Kamala in Sanskrit means lotus flower and oh. you know lotus flower is when in the darkness and the mud it emerges into something beautiful so the power of a flower to emerge from the mud and the darkness and um you know with not enough light and then there it is and it has been an inspirational motif for you know centuries you know in cultures all around the world so 
just look and start thinking about flowers in a new way and realize that they do not demand attention. But once you give them a look, your life is much better. And I certainly look at, you know, every day through the prism of flowers and it's made me so much happier. And two years into it, um, you know, we have a, a growing audience and we couldn't be happier in sharing our joy with you. Oh, that's wonderful. And that is the perfect place to, to leave it. Jill Brooks, thank you so, so much for joining us today and for the audience. It's Flower Power Daily. She's on Instagram and website, um, and they have a YouTube channel as well. Jill, thank you so much. Loved being here and loved sharing the beauty of flowers. And for our lives with Shannon Fisher, this is Shannon Fisher. See you next time.